What's up, everybody? Another episode of The Straight Cut coming to you from West End Cigars inside the Members Lounge. I am Aaron. This is Mark. Um, we are going to smoke the biggest fucking cigar we've ever had on our show tonight. Is this the biggest cigar you've ever smoked? Um, little cigar smoker. No, because I've had it. I've had to do that. uh, The asylum, I think. Okay. Um, but this is one that this is, I actually like, I don't know that I've ever smoked this size, but I really like this cigar. Yeah, I, it's. We'll talk about the blend and everything. So what we're doing is the CAO Flathead Seven Seventy. Um, it's got a name. Big, big block. block. It's 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 uh it's seven. I by didn't 70. know what it was, but I assumed it had a name. Yeah, it's it's a seven by seventy uh, box press. It's a big honking cigar. It is, um, but it has my favorite types of tobacco in it. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. It's almost as big as that couch we moved this week. <laughs> Dude, that couch is heavy. That couch is fucking heavy. Uh, um, I can see why you asked me to, to help. <laughs> right. Me. Yeah. Because there's no way Paula could have moved that. Oh no. She would have picked it all up on her, on her own. <laughs> uh, but no, so we got somebody in chair tonight. That's a member of here. We haven't had a member in here Good for friend a while. Of ours. Yeah. And you already, you already heard him. He's got that deep sultry voice. He does. He's going to put me to shame. So his name is red. How you doing tonight? Red. I'm doing great. Good. Glad, glad you all invited me on your show. I know you, <laughs> you, you want to tell it's everybody, like, you want to tell everybody, uh, why I'm bringing you onto the show. I'm bringing more color to the show. <laughs> That's right. We and need I, a lot more. But I said, I said, you're damn near whiter than me. Yes. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I've seen, we've seen red. I mean, with, I mean, we've seen red in shorts. I mean, yeah. he he gets near the window when it's sunny outside, and he's sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're glad to have you on here. Um, you, you are a purveyor of big cigars. Yes, and that is one thing that we don't show any love on our show is big cigars. But it has yeah. a big. It has a. I don't know if it's cult following, but people like their big cigars they're this, not they're in not this shop it is crazy they yeah especially but what's crazy so you know we go up to conway quite often they don't have a lot of big cigars but like, nobody but like here in little rock at the little rock shop we sell a lot of big cigars and we have like four or five different types i mean not it's one of those ones you have to you have to really enjoy a big cigar to smoke it um we'll see if maybe this turns me but it's, it feels like, a, like, what's that big, um, the, the Ohio state, like the, the, like he dots the eye. What's that? The, the, su- the sousaphone or whatever. It's like, that's what this is like. Like okay. the, the mouth part because it's, I mean, it's a 70. So that's 64 is one inch. So this is about inch and a quarter, I guess. Um, wow. I didn't realize there was going to be a math test. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, before we get into the cigar, because it's a big fucking cigar, we'll be here all goddamn night. We um, will. Um, Enjoying it. Let's get a little bit of history from you. So okay. how long have you been smoking cigars? Man, a long time. I started, my grandmother, if you meet my grandmother, she'll tell you. I was maybe five or six. My grandfather <laughs> smoked cigars, and he would put one down, and I would grab it and go out the back. And then summertime, I would go stay with them for a little bit, and 
my grandfather would be up there with all his friends and they had their cigars and I have a front pocket with two or three and smoking <laughs> one. And they would go tell my grandmother, you know, your, your boy up there smoking. She said, yeah, I can't say anything to him because Willie won't, <laughs> won't let you touch him. <laughs> so my experience and uh, Aaron, I shot you the picture. Me at a young age, cigar in my mouth, and that's... I, like, when you told me that, I'm like, nah, there's no fucking way. And then he sent me the picture, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> you look, you, you're, you're a baby with a cigar in your hand or in your mouth. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so Fair enough. I've been smoking all my life. Even when I played college basketball, I, I smoked and still, you know, yep. still going today. Graduated to the big ring gauges. Yeah, you didn't start with the uh, the uh, seven by seventies. <laughs> they probably they probably didn't really have this size uh-uh. back then. Wow, uh-huh. I saw a picture today or yesterday of I don't even know, maybe Mark Twain or somebody with a Solomon that was fairly big, and really? I thought to myself, "Wow, I can't believe!" Because back in the day, I would think everything would have been small, but yeah. uh, I agree, this is feels like a new well, trend to me. You got to think like. The, the reason why Churchill's size is around is because of Winston. Like, he he wrote a letter to his favorite cigar manufacturer. He's like, hey, I want you to take this cigar but double it in length because he told his wife he was going to cut his cigar habit in half. So now that's why we have the Churchill size. That's uh, that's outrageous. So yeah. it's cool. So if you're ever in UK, I forget the shop. It's at Will has been there, but there's a certain shop that you actually they see. Have, the letter. They have that letter hanging up on the on the wall in, in their lounge it's pretty cool yeah that's cool. but uh yeah i mean it's this is one that i guess i've been working here for, for just i just passed five years last sunday but as long as i've been a cigar guy they've made this they've made bigger ring ring gauge oh, yes. size now, asylum, see, asylum has a bigger one you know like an 80 sure mm-hmm. that's a 70 and we we got that one that i gave you that I got it as a joke for me and Steve to smoke on the air one time, but never did. And he left, so I gave it to you. But it was, we're talking off air. I think it's a 110 by 11. Yes. It's a baseball bat. Like, you can beat somebody to death with it. That's an all-day smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, think about when did the diggers come out? Diggers came out a while ago, right? Ten years? Eight, ten years ago? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I remember really a really legitimate, long, big cigar. Before that, there would be Churchill was as big as you got. Yeah, or, or like a double Gordo or something like that. Yeah, and then, you know, the, the Vs were the first ones that really started that I noticed that were the bigger ring gauges or maybe the La Gloria Cubanas. Probably uh, that or the, uh, I mean, the one that I used to smoke all the time is the uh, the CAO Brasilia. Yes. The the Goal or the Amazon. I forget which one's a bigger one, but I, I, I love, I mean, I'm a CAO fan. Yeah, I'm I a am. big CAO fan. CAO, LFD. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I got yeah. the uh, yeah. the seven oh seven seven oh seven and asylums. I like those. Mm-hmm. And there's the uh, uh, what's that? Uh, what's another one that I I used to smoke? The uh, the uh, San Cristobal XXL. Yes, that one was uh, that was so actually sitting back to it. I used to smoke a lot of bigger cigars, but I don't smoke them as much anymore. Um, but yeah, there's they've been around for a minute, and it has a history. Um, you know, our buddies up at Martinez, they got uh, 145 Ooh. by I think eight. it's eight. Yeah, Bear and Kevin tried to smoke that, and they both got sick. It's got I think a, Bear it, passed out. It's got over a pound of tobacco. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was from joy. I'm sure they <laughs> passed out from joy. Um, but, but, yeah, that that's too much. Yeah. 
But uh, all right, so you you first started. You had your first cigar at five. Yes, I like the picture. It's it's a cool picture. <laughs> um, what uh, what what are some of your? We already said some of them. What are some of the other cigars you 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 enjoy often? Well, <clears throat> I like the Macanudo Golds. I was hooked on those pretty regular, and then you know started going to the big rings. I like the uh, Rocky Patel. Um, the oh, like eight. the Hallister? The yes. Yeah. That's pretty good size. And like I said, the Salem. I like the Inch by E.P. Corella. Mm-hmm. Big one. So, yeah. Some nice sticks, nice smoke. Do you ever do you ever smoke a Lancero? Or? I have, you know. But <laughs> if I'm – basically, I look at it why I like the big rain gauges because, you know, when I come here, I'm going to be here for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And so I try to, you know, stick to one stick, maybe two, but it'll last me the, the time. So mm-hmm. if I'm – Got a short time to smoke. I'm going to go to something small, maybe like the Brazil, or I do the Fuente short stories, or try to do a Macanudo go, but, you know, expanding my, my palate on different yeah. sticks. So. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, do you remember what, I mean, if you're five, you probably don't remember what it was, but do you remember your first time, actually, your first cigar that you actually do remember? That I bought, I think it was uh, the Macanudo that I actually started buying. Okay. Yeah. I think I was, a lot of people started there. Yeah. yeah. I was at a shop, and that was based about what they had, so I just grabbed it and kind of got hooked and went out. <clears throat> we'll go to the Masters Tournament, the shop down from Augusta. That was that was their big uh, seller. Yeah. So we'll get a box, and by Wednesday, back up there again, getting another box. <laughs> everybody, everybody realized you smoke cigars, and they want them. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're – you're actually the first person I met here other than whoever was working behind the counter. So I remember um, Paula and I walked in um, the first time and smoked alone. But then the next time, and in, in I remember meeting you, you are the ringleader here, or one of the <laughs> ringleaders here of every conversation. And uh, um, so and I've, I've said this before, um, but I mean, you were you're one of those people who makes everyone feel welcome in a cigar shop, and I I, I, mean, I guess I'm going to start by saying thank you for making me feel welcome here. You're welcome. I, I try to do that with everybody, you know, especially with Aaron when he was just a regular on Sunday sitting on the couch and mm-hmm. make him feel welcome, and we talk and we have Mark. We all have great conversation. It's from sports. We try to leave religion and politics out of here. We try. We, we tried <laughs> hard, but it's mostly sports and yeah. Cars, I'm into cars and stuff. We yep. all talk about that and and cigars. And I've been fortunate enough to have a couple birthday parties up here. And Aaron has worked it on Sundays, and <laughs> he kept getting up that one year. He said, "Forget this. I'm just gonna get the box. I know what they're gonna get him a big block." <laughs> so it was like it was like I mean, I, about 30, 40 people here. But it was like I like I always got the Sunday regulars. So I know who yeah. they are. But if I saw somebody come in and I've never seen them before, and I see him like look toward your way, I'm like, okay, that's they're buying a cigar for you. And I just, I got tired of going into the humidor. They would just come up. I was like, need a cigar for red. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think we went, we went through a, like box a, and a, half. a box and a half of, yeah. of flatheads. Yeah. And it was one of the points I was like, do you want anything else? Like, should I get another <laughs> a box up here? Or is it, are you good with this? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, we, that's a goal when you come to a shop, uh, Mark and regular, you try to, Welcome everyone, make them feel comfortable. And like I tell most people, this is our country club. It is. We have, you know, if you need to know something, someone here can help you out with that, or they might know someone can call. Mm-hmm. And we just try to help everybody being a good neighbor. Yeah. And uh and we all our common goal is a cigar. 
Yeah. And that's what we enjoy doing. And, and, uh, we just have fun being here and talking and, yeah. and yes, you know, we, we do cut up a little bit. In our we show. do. <laughs> we do. Yeah. The, the number of football conversations you and I and Bert and a bunch yeah. of people have had and just roll on the, on the floor laughing about various things you, is just, you poke, you like to poke. You yes. are, you are a contrarian <laughs> football fan. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. You know, make it more fun, more interesting. Because you don't have a team. No. You like, you just like the game. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He I, has a team, whoever's playing the Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And I just like great sports, you know, being yeah. a former athlete myself. And, yeah. And you, and you see greatness out there and the performing. And we got a few cats come in here and they just look at the quarterback or the running back. But, you know, as you're as a commentator in football, and Mark, you play sports as well, we look at the whole picture mm-hmm. of the game. You know? Yeah. From the trenches out, still the out in. So yeah, it was funny. Like I remember, like a couple weeks ago, we had that big tall dude come in, and like without even saying, "Hey," you're like, "How tall are you?" I'm like, like, "Damn, you being just." (laughs) Yeah, when he walked through the door, I'm like, "Hey, you six nine, honey? Like, how you know?" Yeah, I'm looking at the door. So (laughs) playing college basketball, you know height and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. and that kind of make them feel welcome. You know, we Mm -hmm. tell them there's a mass free zone when they come in. So. Yeah. yeah, and they kind of they kind of break the ice with them. Yeah, how many you, how many how many girls came in today? You try to get them to buy you a cigar. It was a couple of them came in. It was like <laughs> Bird and I was like, "Hey, y'all want to buy us a cigar?" <laughs> One of these days, it's going to actually work. It's going to work. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just you know, try to make them feel relaxed because we knew they was newbies coming yeah. in here, and they had to ask you what they want to smoke, and, mm-hmm. and that's ironic. Um, five years ago in New Orleans at the Bayou Classic, I met some ladies, and we were just friends and. She called me this week. Her daughter's relocating to Little Rock with her job. And, and then yesterday, they called me, her and her cousin. They were all together for the Bayou Classic in Shreveport. And they told me they're smoking cigars now. Oh. And it was like trying to figure it out. She said, hey, we got our friend Red. Let me call him. And and they own the assets. And I told them it's a good one. And mm-hmm. giving them some pointers and different awesome. things. And, yeah. and, uh, and I told them the best thing is when they go in the shop, get four or five different ones. Tell them what you like. Yeah. Take a picture of the band or some apps out there that you can mm-hmm. rate your uh, cigar. And then that way, when you are traveling or go somewhere and you're trying to find a stick where they don't have that brand, mm-hmm. he can kind of put you, the tobacconist can tell you whether well, this is close to or yeah. try this. Yeah. So Because every time somebody's new come in and I, and I am working here, you do always, you you push them my way. Yeah. And you always say like, oh, he'll get you hooked up and he'll, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll find you something. And you, I mean, you always say like, oh, I'll, you know, get the big boy and everything. I'm like... Yeah. Like, he, like she is a hundred pounds. Like, let's not give her the the one that weighs as much as her. Like, let's yeah. let's ease her into it. But then it's like, yeah, you you do a good job on not only just making people feel welcome because you know I I was the same way. I was you were one of the first people that I met yeah. when I started coming up here. Like we, Mark and I started around the same time. Yeah. And then you know you made it an easy transition to from. Work from like just being a regular to working because, like, you knew that you couldn't get away with so much stuff. <laughs> I will to give you the benefit of the doubt. You yeah. try yeah. to get rid of it to get it to get by with a bunch of stuff, but yeah. uh, you want those doors open. You, yes. you want to sit down. <laughs> yes. And the same way, you know, when guys would come in for the first time, yeah, they want to go to what we call the women's cabinet with all the flavor sticks. And I'm like, oh, bro, go in the big, go in the big humor door, especially if I know them. Yeah. No, go in the big humidor. Don't go over there. Mm-hmm. Don't get started on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And 
you know, try to help you all out if we can and try to sell something. Like like the one guy, what, last week came in and just got two sticks, and I said, hey, man, you better go and get four or five. Oh, yeah. You know, you're going to be back. And two hours later, he was back. He said, I should have listened to yeah. you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a slippery slope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, the one thing I know um, is, and I, I find really encouraging about this shop is it's very, it's very lady friendly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, a, you know, that's a big part for the people in the corner is treat them normally. And yeah. like, it's not weird to have women in this shop. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we've had, you know, we just had Ash on a couple of weeks ago when we, that was one of the things that, you know, I asked her like, what do guys have to do to make it f- more comfortable for you? And she was like, just treat us like, a normal human being act normal normal. don't like yeah Yeah. that's the only thing you have to do and that's and i will say that west in here we are one of the better shops that i've ever seen that and not and that's not a personal bias that's me going to dozens of shops around and it's because of the employees but also because of the the regulars and stuff because if you and scully and burr and just everybody else who is just here and they just make it feel just easy and natural and like I since we like our hours have adjusted over the past year and you know I'm, I'm ready for to to see 10 o'clock again but like those like Friday Saturday nights or th- Thursday nights like when the when like the the blue the Bluetooth speaker comes out in the yes. back corner like I, I miss that like oh yes you know I, I you'd never hear me say that to everybody else but <laughs> since you're on here I miss that because it was it was just we're not a bar. We're not, uh, you know, uh, we're, I don't want to say high class joint. We're the neighborhood cigar shop. And there's, I mean, that's, there's not anything more neighborhood than just a get together with yes, friends, friends and stuff. Yeah. And that's, I mean, how we've whipped out the grill just yes. on a, a rogue Friday night before yes. fucking grilling stuff up. Yeah. And, you know, Scully's got his, got the, uh, the blues playing or whatever. Yeah. And that's like, man, I, I missed that. We hope it's coming back. Soon. It's coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. Great. But uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's uh, yeah. You make you make it easy for first timers and people who are because it's. A, I had somebody come in today who's never smoked a cigar, but he, he like his father in law does it and his dad does it, so he wanted to, to you know try it out. Yeah, and it's I, and I told him I was like yeah, it's like it's daunting. It can be scary because yeah. you you walk into that humidor and you got a thousand choices to him. They all look the same. So now it's like, what do I do now? But it's the same way when you walk into a place and you know, it's three quarters full and you're the odd guy out. You want to be approached. You want to be like, Hey, you know, what's, what's your name? I'm, you know, whatever. And you, it it does. It makes it so much easier to become just a in and out person to a, a, a regular. Yes. A regular. And that's what we try to do. You know, I met numerous friends. They come and they sit close to the door over there and we're like, hey, you can come down here and sit with us. And mm-hmm. from JJ, you know, that's from Louisiana, from Scooter, that's from Louisiana, they mm-hmm. came in, befriended them, even you, Mark, you know, just, mm-hmm. just you know, try to make everybody feel welcome because we got this one common goal. Yep. And, uh, and they kind of, and, and with JJ, he was like, man, you know, living here and, and that makes it real good. And, mm-hmm. And he, he, he enjoyed that. So he yeah. tried to hang out with us a lot. Yeah. And Scooter, when he come back here for training, he'll let me know he's coming and what day I'm going to be up here and, and come and hang out. And, and It's awesome. And like you said about the women earlier, we have quite a few females come in and smoke. And, and we all joke and 
And we like we say, if you got thin skin, you, you don't need to come sit in the corner with us. <laughs> I mean, we, we all know D. We all yes. love D. Yeah. D can take it. Yes. D can give it right back. Tear it the same way. T- oh, Miss T? Yes. Shit. <laughs> yeah. See? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I love it. And Rachel, Rachel was good when she was coming as a regular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she could take it and dish it out, and she got real comfortable with us, and yep. we enjoyed that, and she was a great person to be around. Yep. And, mm-hmm. um, so some of the other ladies. And, and like you said, on our travels, when uh, a few of us, we go to Memphis to the events, and yep. it's way more women over there smoking. And yeah. be surprised. It's crazy just how much, like, every city kind of has their – own identity and culture yes. in cigar like memphis has uh what, what's the big um thing that they do every year cognac cars and cigars that's yeah. in march and then we go back to the bill street cigar festival yeah the bill street cigar festival i mean yeah. it's just and you have that one and then you have tinderbox uh, has one yeah. i mean austin has a big one atlanta yeah. has big i mean miami the big smoke yeah you got yeah. big smoke i mean arkansas it's one of the things where we, we are going in that direction yes and you know i want weston to be the purveyors of that to be the one that's you know getting out there in front and i mean i think we're doing that way since we you know we have two shops now but it's crazy how we're surrounded by fairly big cities but like their cigar culture just seems so much bigger than ours and i just don't know like what's that missing piece that they or accomplishing that Little Rock isn't. Another Look, half million people. I mean, that and most of the cigar bars in the larger cities, you know, they have a bar in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, West End, we don't have that, but they still come and enjoy the camaraderie that's here, you know, yeah. with the people and the conversation. And like Dre, Andre, you know, he's a big uh, Louisian Bull guy. And mm-hmm. he was just here, you know, Last year, when he first came in the first time, did the same thing to him, and then come to find out his wife was from Little Rock, and mm-hmm. he told us we were coming to Memphis, and he showed us great love over there. And, yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, he ended up buying like a couple boxes yeah, that he, day. Yeah, about four boxes. Four he, boxes, yeah. yeah. He bought four boxes that yeah. day. Yeah, because he was like, he was like, "Do you have a limit on it?" I was like, "Do you have a limit on how many you can carry?" I'm like, I'm in the business to sell cigars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you tell me what you want, I'll sell it to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. That's where, uh, you know, Dallas, I, I see the Dallas cigar culture through Taz's eyes because that's the only person I know down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so I, I don't know. I see the Memphis through yours because that's really the only connection I have through that. So that's, so you see a lot of the parties, yes. which are different than the day-to-day stuff. Yes. So you're saying that in the day-to-day stuff, there's a lot more ladies even. Yes. Excellent. Back, yeah. That's you, good news. You go to the one in the one, you know, in Memphis is, it's probably five to one okay. know, in there and they're smoking, you know, sticks mm-hmm. and, and allow them on the big rain gauges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. I mean, look at Mo. I mean, she's a full fledged cigar yeah. smoker now. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I, she, she hasn't smoked any of the big ring gauge stuff, but she, she does smoke the, what we call tradi- the traditional yeah. style. Yeah. So it's, if if I was more of a bigger cigar smoker, she'd probably smoke some as well. But uh, it can be a little challenging if you're not used to smoking at all, and then jumping right into a fucking oh, yeah. seven seventy. It's it goes it goes at it. But going back to like the culture of other bigger cities, you're actually involved with something that is starting up to get bigger in Little Rock. You're part of um, 
uh, our group, Rocktown Cigar. Yeah, Rocktown Cigar. So yeah. what is Rocktown Cigar? Well, most of us all hung out together, and, and um, I came up with the name. And Dez and I, we were sitting here in West End one night. We kept waiting on Lady T to uh, start it up being an admin, and she didn't want to do it. So <laughs> Dez was like, well, crap, I started right now. So it's just a culture that grew, started right here in West End. And and we had an event here one night, and Rocktown Distillery was here. And I just looked at the name, and I said, hey, we could be Rocktown Cigar Crew. Mm-hmm. And we're probably about 400 members strong but throughout our, our group, but – the tight knit group is about thirteen of us. We we travel to different shops. Scully is big on going and patronizing other shops, and we call it a cigar crawl. Mm-hmm. We go to you know shops in different cities, different states, and when we go and we got you know our shirts, we try to represent mm-hmm. Little Rock and uh, and then our group Rock Town. Yeah. So is y'all just went up to nine oh six? Yes, a couple so. weeks ago. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, a it's an I. You have you have you ever been there? I've not. Oh. Very good things. I've been there yeah. one time and it was really nice. Yes, I've been two or three times. So yes, it's it's great. Yeah, it, it, it's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's crazy because it's on that weird. Like I've only been a favorite, not favorite, uh, Fort Smith a few times. So like that strip that it's on. Yes, downtown. Like it doesn't look like it should go there, but then once you're in there, you're like, oh wow, this is this is crazy. Like it's, I mean, it's a flagship for a cigar destination in any state yes. and f- to have it in Arkansas. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really cool. It's, uh, and you know, s- some of the staff, they come down to Conway uh, quite a bit, you know, really nice. And it's just a good, I like the vibe. Uh, the one time I went up there, they had like a, a jazz trio playing. Yes. Yeah. Well, they had the baby grand piano and mm-hmm. the stage. So it's the atmosphere is set. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's a full bar and yeah, full it's bar. full bar and I think food too. Yes, they have food. Yes. Yeah, well, the first time we went, they had been open about a month. We went for some of the NCAA tournament, and uh, as soon as you sat down, they came with a menu: cigars on one side, food and drinks on the other one. They came with a bowl of popcorn and the a popcorn, quarter, a yeah. quart of water, and um, before the night was up, we were eating cheesecake in there, <laughs> creme brulee cheesecake, yes. oh, peanut nice. butter and jelly. The, oh. the bacon, what Sonic is selling now, that bacon jam, Ooh. we had it first up there. Nice, yeah, year. they was like like an Elvis sandwich or something, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's uh, so it's pretty. Yeah, I've heard great things. I need to make it up. It's, there. Yeah, it's, it's. I haven't it's, been to Fort Smith at all. I so. mean, it's been a year and a half since I've been, but it's uh, it's cool. It's whenever if I ever like call a game up there. Always try to hop in, hop in there first, yeah. but it was like yeah, I could never, never had the time in between, like getting set up and calling a game, and then want to get back <laughs> no. in town. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a cool place. So let's talk about the cigar that we're having. So, like I said, we're having the CAO um, Big Block Seven Seventy Flathead. Um, it's a the wrapper is a Connecticut broadleaf. The binder is a Habano Connecticut, and then the filler is Nicaraguan Lajero. And Palato Cubano Lajero. So it is a full fledged high octane. It's it's a it's a full cigar, full body, full flavor. I mean, full everything. Um, when you get a Connecticut broadleaf, but then a double Lajero filler, I mean, it's got that punch yes. behind it. It's it's the it's full, but it's not I, no spice. I'm not getting uh, no, no. It's it's, no. it's like a it's, big strong chocolate bar. It's very rich. Yes, yeah. it's 
It's delicious. Uh, yeah. So they have a couple of different sizes, and I love the way they do it. So they, they, you're a car guy, Red. Yes. You're a car guy. So they have what we're having is the big block. The piston is a six and a half by 42. The camshaft is a five and a half by 54. The carb is the six by 60. The big block is seven seventy, and then my favorite is the spark plug. It's a four and a half by fifty. Um, Do you like because they use car names? <laughs> no, I mean I like how they utilize like they yeah. they ha- and then even the boxes they actually yes. use automotive. Boxes are sharp. Pa- well, yeah. they use automotive paint. Yes, uh, on the for the boxes, it's just not normal paint. And then each one comes with a different pinup girl on a hot rod as yeah. well. So it's like I didn't know coupe. that. Yeah, on the 32 coupe and the top of the box the ridges is represent the the grooves and the flathead mm-hmm. of a motor. Mm-hmm. On the flathead mm-hmm. motor, so. Yeah, so I mean the for from a marketing side, that yeah, was we'll it. It's it's a very good product. Red, did it, you ever smoke the Sopranos, CAO Sopranos? No, I never smoked. Or the so the, the Sopran- Consigliere? The, the they had a special box that was the trunk of a uh, it was like, like a, a Ford Fairlane or something like an old yeah like fifties trunk that and you'd open it up like the trunk and you okay. pull the scars out and had like a bat yeah. and some some other stuff but then had had the cigars in it the the uh, Soprano cigars were okay they're not as good as these yes. but. I just, they've had a car theme for a while. That And that box, I I have it somewhere in a box that doesn't have a car well, theme, CAO which has a moving theme in it. Yeah. Um, but it was a cool box to where, like, you go, that that's a that's a sharp-looking well, C- marketing C- thing. CEO has done, has done great marketing on a lot of their stuff. Look at the, uh, the uh, like, the... Uh, CEO the- Flavor Girls? <laughs> no, well, I see that's I don't remember those you remember those we, we've do. talked about them before but I, I was talking about like the Red, uh, you remember the CEO flavor girls yes I remember those yeah but like the yes. uh, the Italia the Colombia the Brazil the reason CEO gets knocked is because they are a sharp marketing company and mm-hmm. but their cigars are well made Yes. They taste great and they're consistent. Consistent, what I know. Family I business. Mean, Johnny's been all over. Has been all over these Cao bones. The and bone, I smoked, bones is really good. That's a really good cigar, the, and it's uh, a pretty good ring gauge size. And I I like that cigar a lot. That sessions was so naturally sweet. Yeah. I almost I was like, holy shit! Is this a like? It almost tasted like a sweet, a cap, like a sweet cap cigar, but it's right. just that natural Taste. sweetness yeah. of that tobacco was crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean they do a they do a great job. Just yep. amen. It it's it's boxes that aren't brown. They stand out on the humidor, right. especially with that with the with the big block yes. line. Yeah. I mean, it's like their boxes are sharp. Boxes are pretty cool, yeah. and like I I have I have almost I think I have every pinup girl from because everyone's a different nice. one. Yeah. Oh, has to be blue really like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. They're different colors. It's, I, it's like, I don't think the spark plug has one. That's uh-huh. the only one that doesn't come, that doesn't come with a, with a, like a cellophane pen girl, but, uh, everything else. Yeah. I enjoy. Nice. Yeah. This is a, uh, this is a really nice cigar. The size is, is a little much for me. Um, but the flavor is, the flavor ma- makes up for it. I mean, yeah, I, I like just the. Uh, I, I smoke the the carb quite often. The six sixty. Yeah. I mean, that's just a Toro. Um, I don't know. At Conway, we got the piston, which is of the Lancero, which I like that one a lot. Um, but yeah, for for 
bigger bigger gauge cigars kind of have a tendency to kind of blow up on you if you're smoking too fast, fast. because you're you're drawing so it's much nice. air in yeah. it can get really hot. But these, this one hasn't at all yet. No, this one, one smoked beautifully. Yeah. Way better than the Nova. <laughs> which Man. I'm still I'm still holding on from six months ago. <laughs> that one that one definitely uh yeah, this one's a hundred percent better than that cigar. <laughs> the the one the a, a backwood would have been a hundred percent better than that one. <laughs> Black that, and mild that you had. All right, so one of the questions we have to ask that okay. we always get from our guest is, "What is your most memorable cigar? Either the cigar or the experience." Most memorable one. I think I talked about it earlier. I think it's the Macanudo Gold. That was the only choice I had at the at moment. the Masters. Yeah, when I was down at the shop down, and mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it, and just kept you know buying them. He he knew every year, or even when I was going down, uh, when it wasn't a tournament, we would go all the time, and I go in there, and he, I got you a box over here. So, <laughs> so, so you, you've been in the, you've been in the Masters quite a few times. Quite a few times, yes. So how, as somebody who's just now dipping his toe into golf, okay. watching it and like maybe wants to play around. What is, what is it that makes the masters stand out above any of the other tournaments? I guess it's the view of uh, the whole course and the history of the course. And just being there and it's one of those places you just can't walk up and walk in. So they make the beauty of it. Yeah. And once you get there, you know, you at the Holy grail of golf and, uh, you know, you got some nice courses over Scotland and yep. places like that, but you can just go up there and play. But Augusta National just stands alone. Have you ever played the course? Or you just walked it. I'd hit some balls on it. Never okay. really played a full eighteen. You know, yeah. Just hit around. Just enough to brag to yeah, people. Yeah. And he's way ahead of me. <laughs> I tell you, Paula and I have only been there two days. So Paula and I went down there, and first of all, it's beautiful. Yes, it's definitely beautiful. And you stand there, and I think you hit the point right on the, the – so much history has happened there. It's the only major that plays on the same course, yes, right? Yes. So Paula was – you know, you're standing there, and that's where Byron Nelson hit his, his double eagle, and that's that's where Seve did – you know, he, he hit that masterful iron, and this is where Tiger Woods chipped in. Yes. And Paula stood there because it was, it was a couple years after Tiger Woods chipped in from behind that green – and and she was mesmerized by the yeah. fact that that's exactly where that happened. The roar that that day, when they showed the source of the Nike, and it fell, it fell in. So you, were, a, were you there? During yes, that one? I was there. The roar across the whole course, and it was like no other. Like Jim Nance say, like no other. <laughs> well, that part of the course, there's those are. I mean, it seems like there's. I mean, but they're all pretty close to yes, each other. Yeah, they're real tight. So you can hear. Was that eighteen? No, no, it was 16, right? Yeah. 16. And so it's a part three over water and it's where he was. And you look at that. And so what you don't get, unless you've been there, is how much elevation change there is. You don't see that on television. Mm -hmm. And so I stood behind the green and I'm looking at it because I've played a bunch of golf. You've played a bunch of golf and you stand back there and you go, there's no fucking chance you can make that ball. You, there's just no chance you stand back there and you would just go, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to chip it here and then I'm going to make about an eight-footer for par because <laughs> what I'm really going to do is I'm not ever going to hit it over the green there. I'm going to hit it on the fat part, but that's yeah. what I'm going to do. Tiger Woods is, doesn't play the game same game I do. But you just go, there's, there, 
you just go, you, there's just no chance you can make that ball. Yeah. It's, Tiger Woods, great at golfer of all great, times. Yes, great shot. Oh, man. Great shot maker. He's just, his imagination on the course is no shot he don't think he can attempt and not make it. it. You know, his dad talked about him a lot on that. They worked on that at a young age, just difficult shots. What would you do to yeah. get it there? Yeah. So, you know, you've seen him change the club around, turn it around to get it out of there to make a shot. Yeah. And um, you mentioned Byron Nelson. I was fortunate enough for several years to take him. He was a friend of uh, uh, the group I was with and take him up to the starters on Thursday morning to oh, ride wow. him and his wife. So, and I'm, the first time, you know, the fans run into him, I'm going to slow down thinking he want to sign our grace. Like, no, go, go, go. <laughs> if you stop, I won't make it. You know? <laughs> yeah, so. Byron, you met Byron Nelson. Yeah, he, he autographed this book for me. He said, I want you to have this. He's, you know, talked about golf. And, and remarkably, all the older players, they gave homage to Tiger. They said he would, you know, he going to set records and do things on the golf course that never been seen before. And we, we got a chance to witness that, you know, growing up, all three of us here, you know, mm-hmm. seeing him play. And you see a lot of young golfers come. They try to emulate his his game, but it's the mindset that, you know, his, his dad talked about at the table, dinner table with us one night, you know, just the mindset that they worked on a lot. It was mental a lot than just physical. Have you watched that uh, documentary on HBO, the two-part, two or three-part? No, I haven't yet. I've, I haven't watched it, um, but I've heard that it, like, it really dives in deep at just how much of a machine his dad was oh, yes. creating. Yes. I but mean, I, I don't think um, – so I played a little competitive golf. I didn't – I played at a junior level and to a certain level. So I played in tournaments and done that stuff. And I, I have no concept of what it's like to play professional golf on the PGA Tour. But he played in an era where a hundred guys could win a golf tournament. Yes, and no disrespect to Byron Nelson, who is an amazing golfer, or Ben Hogan, or Seve Ballesteros, or any of these great golfers. And and I, just my opinion that's fact. Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer that ever left. He just is. He won the U.S. Open on one leg. One leg. You can't – the legs are the single most important thing in golf swing. He won it on one leg. No, no disrespect to Rocco Mediate, who's a great golfer and smokes cigars and who I like very much. But he beat, he beat people other than Rocco Mediate that day. But he won the U.S. Open on one leg. He had an injured leg. I feel like your arms are a little more important, though. No. Oh, 100% not. Well, you can't, like, okay. No. Your strength, no. Your, swing, your power comes from your <clears throat> base. But if Think you don't about have, your but base. If, but if you don't have arms, you can't swing. Well, I mean, <laughs> sure. If you don't Semantics. have arms, golf, golf gets a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue that point with you. But for a professional golfer, if your legs, you can't, you can't play I mean, at that level. He, just hearing the stories of, like, people working out with him, like, he, he was just a machine. And he almost got like too strong, too big, and yeah. that's what really fucked with his. Well, back he had, and he had his an legs. exceptionally athletic swing, yes. but um, he also ground himself down. So, but yeah. I mean that. That being said, um, well, greatest golfer of all well, time. Now knowing that he's been in the wreck, you know, a month yeah. ago or so, do you think his playing days are over? Do you think he finds a way to get back? And will his he go? He's going to come back. Will he? Will he beat? <laughs> will he catch Jack? No, no, I, I think this this pretty severe injury. I don't think he'll catch Jack. He'll be back though. Yeah. He's 
His egos. <laughs> First of all, his because when you've won sixteen majors, confidence is probably the right word. But uh, but his 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 pride will not let. Yeah. But so I, I mean, what, I also don't know that I, I haven't seen the medical report, so maybe that leg is really. I mean, I get. I, I hope it was not. A, it was compound or double compound or it sounded I, bad it was legs legs are the the one thing you can't over legs and back in a golf swing you, you hit a wall at 75 that's bad it's going to do some damage yeah that's bad i that's why i tend to try to avoid that and he, he might play if he do play competitive Center. again the first day he probably have a good day Oof. but you think him walking 18 holes uh-huh. and the second day if yeah. you make the cut the third day and it just grinds you down yeah. We saw that the last couple of years with his back. Yeah. You know, he come out the first day swinging pretty good, and then he tightened up at night. And it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. If, if, um, if you're on the senior tournament and you win Masters or whatever, does that count, no. or is it totally different? He's exempt. He's got lifetime exemption for the Masters. Yeah. Okay. He's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying, well, it doesn't I'm, count well, on well, that. Well, doesn't any, count any on major the, no, or whatever. It doesn't okay. count on the, on the uh, major list. No, so like because then Jack would have about ten more. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Like, does <laughs> he then, just... then the amount gets a lot higher. <laughs> um, no, senior majors do not count in the majors in list. the in the in the I main subcategory. So. No, yeah, it's and I... I'm a huge Jack Nicholas fan because that's it's a that's a good slot for me age wise. So I respect that. But he had to beat twenty guys good win a major. Tiger had to beat a hundred guys. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, like what you're saying, you know, we, I grew up watching him, you know, we grew up in the time where like, it's hard to imagine people, you know, not watching them play anymore. Like LeBron, like yeah. I've seen from his very, I was, I remember watching like ESPN two and his high school games to all the way now, like he's coming up against, you know, the clock on how many more years he's got. And it's one of those things like, Oh, you never really think of, like, wow, it's eventually you're not going to watch him play anymore. But, like, I grew up in the Jordan era yes, in the 90s. You know, that's, you know, I remember I remember rooting against him when he was playing against Malone and Stockton in the Jazz in 98 because I wanted wow. – Stockton was my favorite player because it was like, wow, that's a guy that looks like me and I want to see him win. And then, like, oh, he's the best at assists. So he just passes the ball to Malone and then he can never get it done. But, like, I grew up in that era, and then, like, I never thought when I'd see him not play, and now yeah. it's like, holy shit, he hasn't played in almost 20 years, and now it's your, your – I'm kind of having that same thing, like, man, I'm not going to see LeBron in five years. You know, if I ever have if I ever have a kid, you know, he's never going to see him play. He'll just have to watch YouTube videos or, yeah. or whatever. So it's just – it's crazy. It was the same thing, like, with, like, Mahomes. Like, I'm glad it, I'm – a a fan of the team and he's on my team but like watching him play in person and just live at the moment i mean it's just one of those days it's gonna not be there it's like oh wow we're gonna suck again yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean time i mean i i remember the 82 ncaa championship with jordan i remember yes. him hitting that shot i watched that game i mean in I mean, you you remember him as a bull, like during yeah. the championship runs, but I remember him his first couple of years as a bull, right? Yeah. I remember him in, 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 in North Carolina. I mean, 
my dad remembers so i mean the the funny part is that i mean that's the ebb and flow right yeah. so um that's that's the way it goes right i remember um uh, you know roger stallback and uh, you know and danny white as yeah. a cowboy quarterback and vince evans the, you know yes and, we talked about them why vince evans. vince evans was like uh patrick Mahomes with an arm just for the record. Mahomes has an arm. What are you talking about? Oh, Vince Evans had a better blasphemy. arm. blasphemy. Blasphemy. No, Vince Evans had a better arm. Blasphemy. No. Receivers complained. He threw it that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a uh, I was watching a video from just not too long ago. It was maybe three, four years ago. And there was a, a, a D-back that didn't have gloves on. It's like, wow, that's... When was the last time you saw a receiver or defensive back not have gloves? Well, it was back when they could wear stickum. No, I mean this was I mean this was literally Maybe like what, 15 four, years ago. No, this was like 4 years ago. Like I was like, "Wow, that's odd looking." I mean, you just never you never see that but oh, the, right. But the yeah, the stickum back then is like, "Hell, I could have caught a ball maybe." <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. You ever see the you ever see the movie The Replacements and they put that all that orange goop on the sand? He's like, "All you got to do is stick your hand out." <laughs> like I'll I'll make it stick. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. That was it's Keanu Reeves. It's, yeah, it's, I know you're a big Keanu Reeves fan. Fa- favorite actor. So, um, I know you like big ring gauge, but what other types? I mean, is do you have a do ah. you have a? Sorry, starting to fire over here. Do you have any other ashes you like putting on your shirt? <laughs> it's not the shirt; um, it's the beard. I'm worried about. Okay, that's probably closer to your face. Um, is there, I mean, do you, Connecticut Broadleaf, what, what, what other, what, what, what do you gravitate towards, you know, rapper-wise? What, rapper, what? I, I like the, the bold Maduro's, I like the darker, darker bands, darker okay. leaves, okay. I should say, yes. And I, you know, I smoke a mild one. Okay. And then I go down small. And on Wednesdays, when uh, Kevin come up, we call it West End Wednesday, and Doug uh, introduced him to a new stick, and mm-hmm. we tried, and. Is he still doing the sock picture? Yes. He okay. Is. That's something, Kevin. We give him props on that. Uh, the sock, sock and cigars, cigars and socks, and uh-huh. patio pimping. And he'll show up. He, he'll call you. Where you at? I'm like, I'm on my way home. All right, I'm already at your house on the patio, smoking right in front of your shop. Or he'll, he'll just pop up, and there's something he can do, and you know, try to start a little culture on that. And he, he has a big following on that now. There's a guy here in Little Rock doing socks and. He's reached out to Kevin and want him to you know help promote his socks and stuff. So Do you mean like sock game is yeah. I mean, it's uh like you got I mean, shoes are of course a big you know, you yeah. got the sneaker heads and everything. But for some people it's like what what socks are you rocking? You got That's the it. you know, you got the Argyle, you got the ones with like the cigars and the and the Cavassier logo on it. I mean, I think we all got those. So it's I mean, hell, there's a few guys that I follow, like ones uh like Kicks and sticks. Yes, always shows his Jordan collection with the that. So another guy. It's uh, hell. We got, we had him on a show. Got uh, cigars and soda. It's like you got to find that niche. Yes, and and that's Kevin's. Yeah, cigars and socks. He needs. To get, is he on Instagram? He needs. He needs to get yeah, on, Instagram. on Instagram. Is he on? Okay, I need to follow him then, because that's a uh, that's one of those things. But back to like the guys here. So you've been, you know, Weston hasn't been open forever, but you've been smoking for a long time. Yes. What is the cigar lounge and the cigar culture mean to you? It means a lot. You know, you meet a lot of interesting people. 
and uh, just the conversations we have, and we can talk about everything. And like I said earlier, we try to leave politics and religion out of it. And uh, we've done a great job here at West End, and we just, you know, whatever conversation come up, we talk about it. You know, we we jive with a lot of people, and especially in our group that sits over in the corner with us, and uh, we have a great time. And and uh, you know, we. I've always been told I never met a stranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I meet him the first time, he's a friend after that. So. Yep, that is definitely true. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you're you're of part of the older generation of cigar smokers who've been smoking for a long time. A lot of our listeners are the younger generation. Okay. So what do you have to say to them to, you know, what do they need to do to either A, feel more comfortable in a lounge, or B, you know, be integrated into a lounge. I think the first time, if you know you're going to be a regular there, just meet the people you're sitting in the area with. Don't be so talkative the first time because none of us know everything about cigars. And Mark, you're real astute on that. So are you, Aaron. Just ease your way into it. Enjoy yourself. Meet the different people. You know, we got, I say the nearest one is Bobby. Mm -hmm. In here, what, two or three months? And Mm -hmm. we eased him into the corner and just (laughs) telling him about the state because he's not from here. And Mm -hmm. and it just, you know, just ease yourself into it. If you're a new beginner smoker, you've been smoking a couple of years and you go somewhere to a new shop, just listen and talk a little bit, but don't overtake the conversation. Because you had your regulars, and I've been in some shops here in Little Rock, you know, that Mm -hmm. the older gentlemen, they want to talk about just that. Mm -hmm. And you listen in, you you learn a lot. You know, if you want to smoke cigars and graduate to a pipe, you know, go find your shop that's more pipe smokers and mm-hmm. ask the questions just like you did getting into cigars. You find, you know, the, the pipe you like in the tobacco and just, you know, smoking. Are you a pipe guy? Yes. I so you look pipes. like a pipe guy. Yeah, you know, I have several pipes. That's what Bert, we were talking about, he... That was on his list when he got back from Phoenix, but he got a pipe before he left. So okay. that's what we were talking about this afternoon. Uh, maybe coming up here tomorrow, Tuesday, and we all bring our pipes. So. What what makes a good pipe? Man, it's it's a lot of them out there. <laughs> well, what 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 style of pipe do you like? Do you like the like the Meerschaum or do you like the Churchire, the long stem? No, bowl? I like I like a short stem, but okay. a big I like a big bowl. Big bowl. Yeah, okay. big. I have big hands. I big ring, so I like a big bowl. <laughs> and. Uh, and that's an art to it. You know, it you is. can't rush like a cigar. You take your time, and, and it's, a, it's a great smoke. And, and, and with the sticks and like a pipe, it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. You had a long day at work and just want to go and take your time on a cigar or even a pipe, and it just relaxes you. Yeah. And then we great conversation inside the shops. It's like I, I, we, we sell a, a little bit of pipe stuff, and I know enough to get me by. But, like, I've had people come in and ask me a question and be like, honestly, you need to go – you need to go down to P&T. They're the OGs of Little Rock. Yes, they are. It's like, if I have an issue with my pipe, that's yes. where I go. Because yes. they know their pipes. They, they that's do. probably one of the best shops for pipes in the South, and honestly. Right. Because you go, I've been to a lot of shops in Texas, yeah. Mississippi, all over. And they are, they are the crown jewel of the South. They, they have a great selection and yes. great pipe tobacco. What kind of pipe tobacco do you enjoy smoking? Are you more of a... Um, or you, you like the the aromatics, or that's what I'm on more the aromatics. Yeah, kind of, kind of get you know stay close to a cigar. The aromatics yeah. do, yeah. 
I tell you what, it, it can be, first of all, if, unless I'm in practice, it can be a lot of work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm in practice, it can be really um, ritualistic. Like it's because you're smoking and you're working it. And it's oh, like, yeah. it's like this, it's very therapeutic. I, yes. I enjoy it. You don't hot box it like a cigar. No, nope. mm-hmm. it's completely different. Getting warm, you you set it down. And mm-hmm. You gotta have mul- you gotta have multiple just pipes. Yes, because yep. you finish one bowl. If you still want to smoke, that's why you have your second and third pipe, mm-hmm. and you don't mix the aromatics with the other tobacco blends because it's gonna throw off a bad flavor. Yep. And if someone just getting started in a pipe, most shops if they like PNT gonna teach you the right way, mm-hmm. but if not. You put honey in it to first to season it, to help season you. You wipe the bowl down good with honey, pack it with tobacco, put a little tobacco, pack it, which is what you call it a shovel, I call it a stem, and <laughs> just pack it and uh, keep layering it like that. And do not use a, a torch to light it, either mm-hmm. matches or a soft flame. Yep. And uh, just take your time, and it's going to go out, and just light it again and, right. and get halfway, pack it down a little bit, but do not add any more tobacco to it because you're going to heat the bowl up too mm-hmm. high. And just take your time. So. I remember, like, I used to steal, like, my, I think it was my grandpa's pipe. Like, he had it in an old um, uh, Crown Royal bag. And, like, I would just take it and I'd just, like, run around the house, just, like, <laughs> dr- just dry puffing it. Like, just yeah. making me sick as shit. Yeah. But, like, stealing that when I was, like, probably nine or ten or whatever, just doing that. So Yeah, he must then clean it out very much. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, the older... All the folks, my ex-wife, grandfather was a big pipe smoker, and uh, and he never really cleaned his out. And mm-hmm. he he always wanted uh, what was the canned tobacco they got, Sir Walter Riley? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And I would buy him for holidays, birthdays, or whatever. I go to P and T and get him a nice blend that was close to it. And I come go back over there a month later. And he just maybe had one or two bowls out of it, and he said, "Hey." I grew up doing depression and tobacco and sugar was priceless, you know? <laughs> and I like Frank, just go ahead and smoke that. And I get you some more, you know, whenever you're ready, just, you know, let her know that uh, yeah. you're out and I get you some, but he was, he was an avid smoker yeah. and he, yeah, he keep one in his, he wore bib overalls all the time, kept one in the, there, one by his chair. He, he had multiple pipes. So I, I, I need to get into more pipe, Smoking. Yeah, you need another vice. That's what I was well, thinking. Well, I mean, it's not, I don't, I I lump it into this. It's so you, not, oh, you're going to count tobacco as a vice? Yes, yes. Okay, that's very generous F- for yourself. High, higher end tobacco. Like, I'm not going to count, like, cigarettes and shit like that. So I when you start smoking that. cigarettes, that'll be a separate vice? Honestly, that's what kind of got me into cigars is because yeah. the type of the cigarettes that I did smoke, there was only or, one or place. Bougie. There was only one place that sold them at the time. Brad, are you surprised that he's a bougie c- cigarette smoker? What do you, okay, what do you think I smoked? Um, I don't know. No, I, th- I think he smoked Newport. like Davidoff's. Davidoff's, Newport's or Salem. Some, some I, fancy cigarette. I smoked Lucky Strike Unfiltered. Man. That's what I smoked. Wow. And, I, and I couldn't, there was only one gas station that sold them. And I just got tired of driving like 20 miles to to buy these. Lucky Strike Unfiltered. Yeah. I tried smoking cigarettes one time. I was probably 10 or 11, an older cousin. We down in the woods, man, trying to smoke and got sick, and I never smoked a cigarette since. So, yeah, my mom listens to this, so I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I I tried in college. Um, My dad smoked. I remember this. He rolled his own when I was young, Um, and in college, I tried for like a week, um, because I had a roommate who smoked, um, and I just didn't like it. 
I've always wanted to like, I don't know if you could do it because it's different tobacco, but like get like the, the cigarette rollers and like the papers, but put pipe tobacco in it. If that would work because you know, at work, if How I want to take a five-minute break... Burn funny, wouldn't it? Because pipe tobacco burns slowly. Well, I mean, the, you have the ribbon, and then you have, like, the chop. So you'd have to get, like, the chop style. Yeah, yeah. But I always wondered if that would work, because if that's the case, you know... Does the chop style burn quicker, a lot quicker? No. Because um, that paper not, burns, not chop, like, really... Uh, not chop, flake. You have flake or ribbon, and then you have, like, the... Yeah, I don't think that would work. The kind you break off. Yeah. Like, old chaw style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but they have little cigarettes that are like made of aromatics. Yeah, like I mean I I keep a pack of the um, the Perdomo minis, little yeah. 21s. Those are little 5-minute jobbers, but I just always wondered like Yeah, but I mean they make aromatic little cigarettes, right? That's yeah, I mean they, they have like That's uh, what clove cigarettes well, like are. Like a yeah, you know, Dejerum Blacks. I mean right. those are just yeah. clove cigarettes. I mean I yeah. like I like those. It's Yeah. If you can get them, they're again another hard one to find. I, here. I fall in and out of pipes. I, I go through pipe phase and then I come back and I have about seven pipes. See, I'm I'm a woodworker, so I feel like I I just need a pipe in my mouth when I'm just whittling away yes. at something. You think you should smoke while you work with wood? I wish I, I could. <laughs> that's thank God, I mean, Brett's that's, here. I mean, somebody to finally agree with me that that's a bad fucking idea. I've always said, like the day I finally buy Dwight out, you're gonna I, burn down the building. And I know. I'm, I'm aware I'm, of that. I'm going to. I, I want to. I'll give you a, a hug the day before. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I mean. It's I go through bags of sunflower seeds a day just because I can't smoke cigars. But that's my. I gotta, I gotta have something. So that sawdust why. is flammable. Yes, I know. But like, I'll, I wear, so I wear bibs. So maybe I can just put one of those like in like those uh, Zycar stinky cans, just like in my bib, and just. Or maybe you could continue to do sunflower seeds. Yeah, that's about a choice. <laughs> it seems feels better. Feels more logical. Feels more logical. Now wow. your your Instagram game is known for not socks or hats <laughs> or anything like that, because um, I follow you on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, and you, because your Instagram and Facebook game is known for cars. Yes, and you like the modified old school cars. Yeah, the thirties and forties. Yes. <clears throat> My grandfather would have gone nuts. Because you you love the old school stuff, but you mod it up, and that stuff looks almost undrivable, but it looks like totally badass. Yes, we. I yes. mean, it looks like you would come up to the first speed bump, and then you would go like, "Okay, you're kind of fucked here." <laughs> Bumpers ripped off. <laughs> no, I, I, mine I build. I put air ride on them. I was I'd come up in the air ride uh, with the low riders uh-huh. in the early '80s, and um, I wanted to. Uh, one Thanksgiving, we were at the farm hunting, and my uncle came up from Houston, and that's who kind of, he was married into the family and another uncle, and they had a 46, one had a 46 Ford, the other had a 46 uh, Plymouth, what we call a plow mile, and uh, they used to race out there, and I saw it, and, and I was, like I said, I was in the low riding fad, and, and I wanted to expand in a crank it up competition. I wanted a little cargo van, and uh, this was mid-90s, and we got out, I told him that morning, we're going, we're going to hunt that morning. I said, we get out. I want you to ride with him and go, go look at this van. The guy had a price on it, <clears throat> on the windshield, $2,800. And I put 2000 in my pocket, and I gave the rest to my uncle. And all of a sudden, he said, I told him I was out of Little Rock. And he said, well, 
tell you what, young man, this van ain't for sale anymore. You might can find one in Little Rock. So on our ride back, he asked me about, I remember the panel wagon. I said, yeah, the old milk trucks. He was like, that's what you need if, if you're going to go big like that with your stereo. And I said, I know where one in North Little Rock. So we drove all the way from West Helena to North Little Rock. And that's how I got into the street riding fad and got it, started building it, sent the body to Spoken Media Blasted. And I flew out that day to Miami on my job. And down there about a week, and a guy called me. He said, hey, man, when you coming back? Told him when. Got back. The young dude took it in. He sandblasted it. So that's my introduction into street riding. So I went out at the rod shop. He had a 48 Ford, uh, Chevrolet cab, and he didn't want to sell it. I said, well, i give you 500 over what you paid for Because this guy at this place where I spoke been my panel media blast, he paid me for what we saw in the magazine for sale. But I went a different direction, and that was my first ride I built, and I still have it today. I call it Purple Rain. It's it's all all vet tri-train motor, no carpet in it. It's all leather and ostrich inside, and I built the 32, and I did the muscle car, 66. Now I'm building a 33 Ford, but it got all Chevrolet running gear, and it's called Fat Bottom Betty. Nice. At first, I was calling it Big Booty Judy, and then one day, <laughs> one day a lady came in, they was looking for Fat Bottom Bettys, and uh-huh. I was like, man, that would be the name of it. Cause gonna have the wire tires on the back, uh-huh. and and I can have a few sticks in it. Uh, still a glove box. I'm gonna have electronic. I love electronics and motorized. Trey gonna come out and I'm gonna have a travel humidor and I'm gonna have some fat bottom beddies in it. So <laughs> when people see it, so yeah. So, but, so you like you like doing the modern on the inside. Everything. Only thing look original is the body, the shell itself. Mm-hmm. So when I street riding is in uh, 1948 and back that's modified. I have cruise control. AC and heat, everything a modern day car have in. Mm. We're putting them in those cars now. And on this 33, I've built my own frame chassis and uh, finding parts. And and my guys in Rocktown, they, when they was coming last year, when the West End shut the lobby down, they would come to my shop every day. <laughs> and uh, they'd come up here, and you and Will, I'll be like, oh, you're going over the Reds because yeah. I just live down the block from here. And and they've seen the progress, and they'll mess with me. Oh, what it's going to take five years? I say, hey, Rome wasn't built overnight. Yeah. And then the issue, even building my purple truck, when it's when I'm in there working, and one or two guys come over, friends come over, I can get some work done because if I need them to hold something, I weld it real quick or do something. It's when that fourth person show up, when it's four of us. He has <laughs> nothing to do. I had a bar in the shop. He want to sit over there and drink. Oh, man, y'all working, so – Instead of messing something up, I just push it to the side and we we'll go over there. <laughs> so three is good. Four, you can't four get any work done. Up in the same way last <laughs> during the pandemic last year, I'd be over there working, and Kevin gonna come over. So I'm gonna say, go ahead and bust him out. Who's the fourth guy that ruins it? Bert. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bert, but that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Bert's gonna so. talk about his Cowboys, right? And then. Yeah. Then you oh, gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta answer. Yep. And and that's the beauty of our group. You know, everybody has a, a different team. You know, Kevin with the Rams. Yeah. Uh Big Dog, Scully Stillers, Bert the Cowboys, Arthur Chief fan, Desi a Cowboy fan, mm-hmm. and uh got some Packer fans in there. So yeah. And like you said, Mark, I'm I'm everybody except the Cowboys. So I know. And you got you you've become a a, a like a a bicyclist. Yes, now. I've got into that. I, I love seeing that picture. It was you and Greg and John and who else was it? Was it Bert? 
Yeah, that was Bert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah. I'm surprised that uh, y'all just didn't have cigars in your mouth while you're riding your bike down the river trail, <laughs> building up to it. <laughs> yeah, you got to work up to that. Work up to it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like we've we talked like me and Steve, whatever we we'd we'd go do something or whatever. And like we're, you know, kind of in shape, but then like we get done doing whatever, we're like huffing and puffing, we're like, I really need a cigar. Yeah. Like that's the last thing you need. Like right. we can't breathe. Right. Well, we came up here and smoked afterwards. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like Doug would drive he'd he'd bike and then he'd stop and have a beer and you think, that seems like I mean, a really I, no, I've bad heard idea. That. Like that I mean, get that get those carbs in you. Get I mean that's right. just so get all of the, the moisture, all the uh, hydration <laughs> out of your and then replace it with we alcohol. Gotta, we yeah. gotta think like I mean, back in, you know, early England days, like a stout would be, I mean, that'd be a, that's your meal. Sure. I mean, a Guinness for breakfast. We're not in early England days. We're, we're (laughs) 2021. Just. Uh, Well, you know, but still, I mean, a Guinness in the morning, who's going to turn that down? Me. Traditional Irish breakfast. Sure. I'm not Irish. Beans and toast and a Guinness. (laughs) I'll I'll take that all day long instead of my protein shake. Fuck that noise. (laughs) (laughs) I want a Guinness. Right. Right. Enjoy your protein shake. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, how you smoked a crystal? Uh, which one? Like the Cristania? Yeah, the Cristania. They're, they're <sighs> so, I, I have, you know, that's one of the things. Like, I don't enjoy um, the big gauge cigars, but part of my job is I have to smoke it so I know what I'm selling. What about I mean, you, Mark? I have smoked the Cristania. I like it very much. Yeah. So, that's the thing. Like, now, I, I love Did you the- enjoy your last pissed off? <sighs> They, that's yeah. the thing. Okay, I like the pissed off. The extremely pissed off, it's a little much, um, but they do it well. But th- that's the thing, like, with bigger size, bigger gauge cigars, they're more of the profile that I prefer. It's going to be the Maduros. It's going to be the strong. It's going to be the spicy. You know, I I'm, th- I'm sitting here thinking, like, what is a lighter cigar that is that big? Maybe the... Cristonia or the EP Gorilla, the inch, the inch, or inch. What, the yeah. the the what's that other one? The Jaime Gar, not the Jaime Garcia, but the uh, the one Lopez. Lopez, the yes. one Lopez yes. is probably the lightest, lightest. one. But Christoph does better. I prefer Christoph in the bigger yes. ring gauges mm-hmm. compared even the Lancero Christophs, which are nice. I prefer in the bigger ring gauges. And, and we're missing out on JFRs. I like those. Yeah. Oh, the the, the, lun- the lunatic. No lunatic. I'm not. The I would get it. Jack the jackhammer. Yeah, the jackhammer is great. Since it came out with that's that, a great. that's an 880, I think. Yes, that's that's a big boy. Yeah. Um, but like I like the I love the flavors, but it's just what what's that other one that that pack you got the Jawbreaker pack? Did you did you get that no. when we had it? Talking about the asylums, the big ones. Yeah, but they had like the Jawbreaker pack. It was okay. it was like six 880s because I had the the. The ogre, I think that was that's a big that was a big one. This was years ago that yeah. we had it. I'm surprised you didn't get one of those. Um, but no, it's it's one of those things. Like I'll smoke it because I have to know what it is. I can't sell it if I don't know what it is. And the leaf box, Oscar is a great stick as well. Yeah, the leaf. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great stick. But uh, I, it's one that like I'm enjoying this. Yeah. It's it also too. It's like the I think the company it deals with it. You could have a Padron 26. And if you, if you're sitting around assholes, it's going to taste like asshole. Yeah. It's not going to be good. You know, this, well, it's not going to be as enjoyable. It's not going to be, yeah, it's that's not going to taste like assholes. 
Well, no. <laughs> Earthy. Right. <laughs> or, or a barnyard. <laughs> um, but no, like... <laughs> but no, this one, I... Timothy I, just reacted to that, and I will tell him, and him and I will laugh about that later. But that's... Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I enjoy the flavor. The size definitely isn't my go-to, but that's why I like this is, the flathead line is because there is a size man, this is, for this anybody is such, out there. I do love the flavor of this cigar a lot. The, like I said, the size is, is what it is, but the flavor of this cigar and in this size, it smokes extremely well. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. And for it, for it being a bigger, uh, a bigger gauge, but that's why I like they use that, that Lajero for that, uh, for the uh, filler. Just because you get that punch, you get I'm a little that disappointed. Strong. You have this much filler. What do you figure about three pounds of filler in this thing? <laughs> and you only go with two filler leaves. I mean, that's fucking cheating. You should oh. go with seven or eight filler leaves. But look at what I mean. That's cheating. Well, look at like the Ritmo, the Abo Ritmo. It's seven different country tobacco. So you have I mean, you could go with one, nine bi- one binder, one filler, and then you get five fillers. You could go with nine different filler leaves in this. That'd be that'd be too much. That'd be sensory overload. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. And they do it right with ah, just fuck the... It. Doing it right's overrated. <laughs> you know what nine is? It's two more than seven. This is... This is this you're is, a fucking math wizard. This is I perfect am. Bland here, though. Some people call me Rain Man. Um, and so uh, this, is, this is a really... This is what a Maduro... Uh, this is a really good Maduro because... While it's full, it is yes, full, it's definitely full, and it's rich mm-hmm. without question. It's not overpowering. It doesn't sit heavy. It no. does not sit heavy, but it is. It's, it's boy, the the chocolate you get off of this is just yeah, just really, really good. That's why I think like if you if you're if you're afraid or if you think the bigger size is too daunting, that's why you can go with the carb, the carb or the camshaft, a five and a half by 50. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a five and a half by 50. Yeah. Five and a half by 54 camshaft. I mean, that's a solid size. You're going to get the flavor. It's going to be even more ramped up on the chocolatey also, because you're going to have less filler in less it. Filler, yeah. You're going to have more of that Connecticut broadleaf. I love Connecticut broadleaf because it is, it's one of those ones where you know what you're yeah. getting. You're gonna, it's gonna taste really nice. Of, of you know, earth. we should take a road trip to Connecticut and just <laughs> hug everybody we see there. <laughs> I don't hug people. I think you should start. No. When we get to Connecticut, you say you love Connecticut. I love Connecticut broadleaf. I've never. Where do you think Connecticut broadleaf comes from? Well, I'm just saying. Can't show a little fucking love for people from Connecticut. I don't know anybody in Connecticut. I don't. No, what's fa- what's what's popular in Connecticut? I guess ESPN, UConn, ESPN, yeah, UConn, UConn yeah. women's basketball, yes, women. men's basketball. Is the men's basketball team any good? They don't fell off. They won them. a couple years ago. They won the national championship, didn't they? Well, yeah, but I mean that doesn't mean anything. Look at like uh, uh, Xavier or whoever Villanova. Villanova won, and they're just. Or, well, I mean, or not, you can't. Nobody wins the national championship every year except for in women's basketball. I'd say UConn women or not anymore though. Who yeah, won it had, this year? Uh, Stanford, correct? Stanford won. Yes. Yeah, man, that was a, we watched that game up here. Yes, that was a good game. Great game, Great really game. good. It was a good. The final game I didn't like for the men's, but the uh, this the the final four that was. Well, that, those were two great teams. I didn't watch much of the tournament, but I did watch several Baylor and several Gonzaga games. 
That might have been the two best teams we've seen in the same tournament yeah. in several years. I mean, Red, year. you know a lot about like Arkansas basketball. Yes. If if Arkansas would have beat Baylor, do you think they would have been national champions? No, I think just the uh, because they would have taken Houston. I think. Yeah, they'd have beat Houston. Do you think? And they would have been stopped by Gonzaga, Gonzaga. then. Oh, I think, I think Gonzaga would run them out. They, of the they inside game would have would have hampered uh, Arkansas. We don't. Have, we didn't. We had depth, but not good depth it, on the inside. Skilled enough depth because uh, Smith, a great hustler. He was the glue to the team this year, and Debo came on at the end. But Smith with a shot put shot wouldn't have worked, and I think Tim's with Gonzaga would have ate us alive down low. Yeah, but I, I think they probably would have came within ten of them, twelve. Okay, but Baylor just the experience, and Oof. when you when you playing three guards, that's can handle the ball. It's hard to trap him. And then Mitchell with the speed he had, you know, that's that's amazing. That goes back to when Arkansas lost at 95 to UCLA with ties in and the speed. You can't – that goes football, basketball, soccer. Y'all are big soccer fans. And when you got speed, it's – Can't teach can't, that. Can't teach it. Yep. And their guards was just so fast. So when Gonzaga tried to uh, trap him, you know, it was pass over the top and they went straight to the goals. And they and, – and, Drew's been building a program for 20 years, and they, it, was, it was time for him. And yeah. I think the Zags, you know, they – this was their shot. This was, was, they, this was this the is best, their best team. Shot. Yeah, best team. And I think they left it all on the court Saturday night going into overtime and yeah, Michigan tough. like they yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And that emotional roller coaster that is so high, you know, to get over that and then the, the game yeah. speed. Now, if they'd have played in the regular season like they were scheduled, it could have went either way in a championship game because they'd have been familiar with each other and yeah. they'd known, but not seeing it, seeing it on on film. Different. Yeah. And the man out there on the court, the speed, and, and you know, the well, first and, half. And the strength because yes. Baylor's basketball team lifts with the football team. Yes, you could see it. Yeah. You could yeah. see it. And, you know, Baylor shot 71% from threes in the first half. Yeah. We were yeah. sitting here calling it out. You know, Burt, we mm-hmm. was, I said, man, they shooting 70%, man. Yeah. And on the regular field goals, they were shooting 61. They kind of dropped a little bit at the half. But that's hard to overcome. When And that was Arkansas' problem with Baylor. You know, getting down 19 and you got it within four. Mm-hmm. And then your two best players didn't show <clears> up <throat> with Moody and Smith. If if they'd have just showed. And then if Note wouldn't have fouled out. We'd have yeah. been close game. I don't think we'd have beat Baylor. But it's been closer than the nine, ten points, whatever they beat them by. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, they so I mean they re-signed the coach. Yes, that's and they, and they've got some good transfers coming in. So I mean, the, yeah. the lost the, a couple guys to the draft, obviously. But honestly, like when freshman, I mean, I mean, Moody was good throughout the year. He kind of failed off on the yeah. on the tournament side, but the future, just like the football team, the future for looks good. Razorback yes. looks looks good. If hey, they, you you've been following basketball for a while, and I'm uh, you know I'm an old old school Nolan guy. Because I'm an Illinois State guy, and uh-huh. you and I have talked college basketball a ton. I remember Nolan Richardson from his Tulsa days, uh-huh. and Illinois State and Tulsa used to play some just barn burners. I mean, Nolan Richardson. So when they, you guys talk about ninety four feet of hell, I, oh, yeah. I experienced that way well before you guys <laughs> did. I mean, he he recruited guys who who played basketball, smart basketball guys, yes. full court basketball guys, just talent. Um, and so uh, just I love that guy, the way he coaches. He just oh, yes. coaches. is smart basketball coach. You get every ounce out of him on the right. floor. Well, but he 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 just said, okay, fine. We're just going to press, press you. Yeah. And we're you, if you can play, you you can beat us. Then, then. And that was his philosophy. I, I don't prepare for you. You need to prepare for me. Right, right. I'm just going to take the game to you. And if you can take it, take it, then fine. But. If, if Coach Musk can get him a, 
a big man, six eight, six nine, that'll stay on the block and be physical down low. I think they can make it to the final four in the next year or two with the young talent that he have. Yeah. But until you know, if Williams develop more of an offensive skill set to his to his game, his repertoire, you know, passing, rebounding, he has it. But we need him more on offensive end. Well, and there's he he has to utilize the state more because there's so many good it's players. A lot of good. It's a, it's they a, just can't you can't let them go to anywhere he, else. And he's done that and. And uh, I think the kid down at Magnolia, he's six eight six nine. If he can sign him in mm-hmm. next year's class, they might get him that physicality they need down low. But we gotta have that. And you see that you can run all regular season. You know Auburn, Alabama they ran, but when they came against somebody that had a down low presence, it's a problem. It's a problem because now your whole defensive makeup, you got you got a double. You're gonna leave a shooter open, and we missed a pure shooter. From this team, if we had a pure shooter, I think you know later. Pure shooter can make a difference. I tell you, the one thing that was encouraging about the the Hogs this year on basketball was they got better all year, and oh, that's yeah. that's encouraging. The one thing you see, and you saw it with um, Pittman on the football side too, they got better all year. And so when you see that um, the previous Hogs teams before this coach, and we we won't go into (laughs) why those didn't work out, but they didn't get better throughout the year. Um, When you see a team get better, then that's a sign that the coach is having an effect and and that gives you optimism. You know, you see, um, you know, Kentucky and those, those schools that are good every year. This year obviously wasn't a good year for them. They get better throughout the year. That's coaching. Yeah, and, and that's what you want to strive for when you're yep. playing this. You don't, you don't want to be the best the first month. You want yep. to get better right? December, January, and hit your peak February, mm-hmm. rolling yep. into March. Stay healthy. Yep. Yeah, stay healthy. That's true. And must, you know, he's he's like a saving. He make everybody accountable. Mm-hmm. And his adjustments at yep. halftime, look at the last 10 games. They were down double digits at the half, and mm-hmm. they come back and they won. Mm-hmm. What eleven, uh, twelve out of, uh, I mean, one ten out of twelve. You know, lost yeah. to Baylor and then to LSU that time. You know, so yeah. The one thing about speed, it was uh, I, I watched uh, the uh, FA Cup match today. Leicester City played uh, Southampton and saw Jamie Vardy, who is uh, a small white kid out of England. He's he's a right uh, piker, as they he's say. A, he's a hooligan. He's a hooligan. He he played uh, one year in. Uh, League Two, which is like Double A baseball, okay. uh, wearing a, an ankle. He had to wear an mon- ankle monitor bracelet. <laughs> you got to respect that because, uh, because he got in a fight in a pub, right? Okay. And just beat but, the beat the piss out of somebody. So first of all, he, he's a little guy, but you saw at some point the first goal they score, he just he puts on the Jets and he and, and you and the guy goes, look at the spin move he makes, and they talk about all this football acumen. And I said, and I'm sitting there watching, and Paula says, is what he's saying right? And I said, now watch this. The next 15 yards, he picks up two and a half yards. That's the part you can't teach. All the spin moves and all that, that's beautiful. They can talk about that. Here's the part they can't teach. Speed. Speed. He gained he gained on him and passed him, and then that's the part you can't teach. You can't teach it in football, can't teach it in basketball, can't teach it in soccer. Speed is and speed kills. Well, it's yes. like look at Tyreek. Yeah, that's what I was and and Miko. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Smith. We'll teach you how to catch, but yeah. if you can beat somebody off the line by five yards, I mean, yeah. it you, changed the defense. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you look at the two wide receivers, the one kid who got hurt, but uh, Waddle, but uh-huh. uh, Devontae Smith from Alabama. Oh, they, yeah. They're both great route runners and all those things. But the one thing they had is they had speed. Speed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And the so, kid from LSU. Kid from LSU. Set out oh, man. Just, yeah. This year's uh, football, uh, they were. I was listening to Mel Kiper coming up, and they were talking about all the draft. This is a wide receiver class. Is the, is the draft this week or next week? Next Thursday. Next week Thursday. From Thursday. Week from yeah. this one. Okay. It's going to be. Yeah, and they're maybe. doing it in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. They figured Vegas was booked, so they thought they might try a second best choice, so they were going <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> you know, the Browns deserve it. They've had They've gone through some shit for the past 20 years. I'm glad to see them. They just signed the... Um, they sound clowny. 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 Yeah. Now they got they got the other kid from A and M. They got two overall number I mean, picks gotta, on their I, defensive line. I mean, they've cut a steal for clowny. Eight million with a two million for you know if he gets incentives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. incentives. Yeah. I'm sure uh, Scully's not going to want to hear this, but I I think pre draft and draft will change everything. Of course, I'm just going to hit the hit table. the mic again. I hit the table for the record, not the mic. Um, <laughs> Browns right now are the are favored to win that division. Wait, over the over oh, Ravens? Over Ravens? You know yes. No. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you know, the other day they lost had, Ingram. They lost I mean they they've got they've got problems at running back. They but I, but I would still take Lamar over Oh, I would too. Over, yeah. But it's one it's the most important position in sports, but I mean you're you're talking about all that Cleveland's added. No, I'll, I'll I will say Cleveland. I will say Cleveland's defense is yes. gonna be something I to to reckon with. Especially with um one of the commentators on uh, ESPN that played with the Cowboys, he said, instead of putting Clowney on the other side, line him up beside. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Put yeah, him, put, put you, inside put him on the yeah. inside. But think about he, Cleveland with yeah, two D linemen who can run. South Carolina, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. played some inside. Two D linemen who can run. I mean, that uh, Lamar Smith. I mean, listen, yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about, listen, first of all, I, I have a ton of respect for what Baltimore has done adapting that offense to make oh, yeah. that fit. And I think that kid is a stud. I think that kid can throw, and I think they're going to figure out how to work that offense around his arm. I've loved that kid the whole time. And now they got a burner. Sammy Watkins going there. Yeah. So he'll, he'll take the top off the defense. Yeah, but Sam, Sammy's good for five games. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just can't stay – he can't get he can't get injured. He, the injury bug is – I think Better when he, I think when he was with us for what three years, I mean, we never got a full season. I think the most we got was thirteen games. Yeah. But when he's there, he's there. I mean, but nobody wants to play for Kansas City. Fuck you. And maybe they get a, <laughs> a great receiver in the draft that can. Yeah. Well, like, well, like what Mark was saying. I mean, it's a deep. Yeah, like a deep. Th- this I mean, year, you got, this year is good for quarterbacks and receivers. Yes, they got the kid from LSU. They got the two from Alabama. You got, you're talking three uh, wide receivers who are as good as they get coming out of this draft, and then you got a ton of depth after. I mean, that. one, two, and three. You don't, if you need a wide receiver and you don't get one in this draft, shame on you. I mean, one, yeah. two, and three are going to be all quarterbacks. Oh yes. Fourth is no one like, and two will be. I don't know that three will be. I mean, the Jets will take a quarterback. Uh, Jets will. Are second, they second the Jets. Yeah. Third is a uh, kid. They're, they're going to take the kid from BYU as the room. Third now. is uh, isn't it my? Well, let's see. Miami, Miami held the third because it was it was Texans, but I think Miami traded it. Yeah, they traded back. So I don't, I don't think there'll be three quarterbacks at the top of the draft. I think it'll be. It'll be the big kid from Clemson, and then it'll be the BYU quarterback is what I'm hearing now, was what Mike Mel Kuyper was saying. And then I think it'll 
I don't think it'll be Four, fourth is where it gets because the next kid is the kid four. from Ohio State or the kid from Alabama. Well, and then you have the and I think they'll go probably North eight Dakota or nine. State yeah, we have the dude from North Dakota who's making yeah. who's made a name yeah, now. Who's yeah, I think they'll go at the bottom of the top ten. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a good one. So I just need then a hybrid the kid from Florida, the tight end. Yep, uh, so, Pitts. Yeah, Pitts. Oh God, Pitts. I want Pitts so bad. Yeah, but Pitts ain't gonna be Pitts. Pitts ain't gonna be there at thirty one. Uh-huh. But I need I need Lyman. I want yeah. Lyman. That's all I want. So we yeah. Thirty one, you'll get uh, some kid from uh, you know. Hey, I'll take I'll take them corn fed boys from Iowa and or Nebraska, Nebraska yeah. or some yeah. something was, like that. Yeah, there was Alabama. some guy on last yeah. night. They were discussing. Uh, they were talking college football in Nebraska and Minnesota. Were talking shit, and I was like, going, and they go, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm I'm from Arkansas. I'm originally from Illinois, up from where you guys are." But I said, "I'm I'm in Arkansas now." And they were going, yeah, well, you know, Minnesota's been running over Nebraska. And I said, that's cute. said, I'm from SEC country where we don't consider either one of you playing in the same conference (laughs) or the same level that we play at. I've always said, I think Arkansas should switch over to Big Ten. The money. Oh, no, 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 no. no, Oh, it's it's the money now, so. I mean. Arkansas is fine. Arkansas is fine. I mean, they're in the wrong. They're in the wrong side of the SEC. They yeah. would be much better being in the other side, yeah. and not playing Alabama and LSU and, and Auburn, <coughs> Auburn every year. But Texas A and M now, they would be the better West, playing. The West is stacked. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that, that's also cyclical. I mean, the fact <laughs> is, well, did you see my uh, my quarter my quarterback my basketball coach got a life a lifetime contract. Yeah, Who is that? Bill Self so. got a lifetime contract, so it's pretty well, much what it ends up being. Every year is a new contract. Every five years. Is it every five yeah, years. Every okay. five years. Yes. Hell, you broke news to me today. We're the soccer people, and you broke soccer news to yeah, me. I, I saw it this and morning. It, yeah, you're yeah. like, what about this? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I have no yeah. idea. We'll see how that plays out over the, the Super League stuff over yeah. the next couple of weeks. They're negotiating all the big squ- uh, squads from all the different European leagues are trying to join a closed league so that they can profit from their largesse. And I, I think that's what's going to happen with the power five and college football. Yeah. My, they've been talking I about was, that the last eight to 10 years about pulling away from the NCAA and playing on the AAU rules because now, you know, Mark, we're, we're a little older than Aaron. When we come up, the NCAA consisted of uh, presidents and chancellors and athletic directors. Now it's all attorneys, lawyers. Yeah. yeah. And everything, you know, it's sad that you and I have talked about this. Yeah, you can give a kid a bagel, but you can't give him the jelly of the jam to go on it. Mm-hmm. So, and if a coach like coach driving is raining, he sees his athlete walking, he can't give him a ride to the facility because it's not fair. So, you know, it's just they too many rules. Yeah, you've and been to Indianapolis, I'm sure. Have you seen the NCAA facility in Indianapolis? No, I, I passed through it. I didn't. So I, I I worked over there for a couple of years in downtown and would go during the non-winter months because Indianapolis is cold bullshit during the winter. <laughs> but um, during the summer, it's beautiful. And they have a river walk. And the NCAA is on the river walk. And their facility is just spectacular. And that tells you everything you need to know about the NCAA. Yeah, when it was in Kansas City, you know, it was, like I said, it was all mm-hmm. athletic directors, chancellors. Right. But when they moved it was about the kids. Yeah. Now it's all... All Too much money. money. It's all about the dollars, right? And I mean the and and I'm all Title Nine. Women yes. should have yes. equal. And I'm not. I'm not saying anything about that. But college football is is its own entity. And and I struggle at times with. I'm a big 
proponent of, of a, amateur athletics. I believe a lot in that, but college football is in basketball on the men's side. And to be honest with you, college basketball on the women's side. I, um, I enjoy just, the women's tournament a little bit more than the guys tournament this year. Honestly, man, it's just become such a big business thing that yes. you wonder if there's, there's another model that makes more sense because the NCAA doesn't make yeah, sense. Kids don't get treated fairly. No, it's, I mean, at least now they can make money off their own image. So that's at least a win for them. I mean, they're getting the NCAA football games back for the, the uh, you know, video games and yes. stuff like that. So the, they'll get that or, you know, making money off jersey sales and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I'm a little tired of hearing that the college kids get a college education and that's their pay. Um, I've had friends who've, who've been on athletic scholarships at pretty major colleges mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lack of understanding of what those kids go through. Yeah. The time they put in. The time they, they put in. Yeah. And they really don't have, they have a lot of support to make sure they get through school, but they don't really get to spend much time. Social with, life. Social life you or learning. A, you can't have a job when you. No. Nope. Not doing the, not doing okay. the school year. During, it's hard now with college football. It's pretty much year round with them in the summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might let them go home for a month, but they back there. Yeah, you, Alabama just played their A game. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's there's spring ball and. I mean, Ian played for four years in college for Tech, and he had maybe four weeks of n- literally yeah. not doing anything. But in those four weeks, he had to make sure he stayed in shape. That's he true. still lifted every day, still ran every day because you can't come into camp. Out of shape, twenty pounds over. Whenever you know you got to get right into it, so it's it's I mean, it's hard. Like you know, they were asking if he wanted to go to a, a pro day or something. He's like, Nah, I'm good. Done that. Like I'm, I did my four years. I got my I got my masters. I'm I don't want to do it anymore. In parallel to that, um, you, y'all had Gary on here one time, a former NFL player, mm-hmm. and my uncle and I talked about getting in a street ride, and he former coach, retired coach. They don't even like watching football now. Yeah, Gary's like I don't yeah. I don't watch it. Yeah, he you know when he's around us up here for the game on, we kind of talk about it. And my uncle the same way, you know he just far as like us running to the TV waiting on the games and mm-hmm. seeing a good matchup. That's you know that's not them and and playing the sport for so long, especially you know with Gary playing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And you know it's and we can see what your brother was going through. Hey, I'm done, mm-hmm. and that's how they are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, when well, my uncle, when he retired from coaching about 10 years ago, he, I think he said he'd been to maybe four games back at his high school because his buddy's kids was playing and just went out there. But, you no, know, and yeah, yeah, just it's, yeah, when you're done, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, it was such a big part of Gary's life for probably what, 35 years of her, yeah, 30 years old. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Because it starts more than just college. You got to do high school. You yeah. got little league. Pee wee. Yeah. Yeah. All the way it up. It starts yeah. all the way. That's why I was joking with my uncle. He'd six, be 69 this year. And I said, so 50 years of your life been football. Yeah. Or better, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and probably more than that. Because yeah. I mean, you got to think if he just even started playing like when he was eight or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's when he started. And mm-hmm. it was funny how his, uh, he's from, you know, the Houston area and, and uh, he wanted to go into the Marines, and his high school coach was uh, friends with Carpenter at Henderson State in Argadelphia. And uh, he talked to him. He said, well, just go take a visit. And he told the coach, he said, when he, he going to ride the bus there, this was in 71, 72, he said, when you get him, take him to the lake. He loved fishing and outdoors. 
And that was that was his recruiting trip that weekend. He was at the Great Lake <laughs> and different fishing place. And he's like, "Where do I sign?" Yeah, and he fell in love there. Yeah, and he met my aunt there, and and he and then she, uh, I think, said the first holiday they didn't really get to go home, and and uh, my grandparents told him they you know came to pick her up and said, "Well, you can come stay here at the farm now." I got I got we got uh some still some kids at the house because my grandparents had 15 kids, 10 boys and five girls and a Ooh. big farm, thousand acre farm. They had to really do it. And uh, he <laughs> said, man, first meeting your uncles and all them big boys. I'm looking up because he about five ten. He was a tailback in college and looking wow. at all them six, two and six, three and big boys. Uh-huh. And like, oh man, what I got myself <laughs> into. But he said he really enjoyed going on our backside of farm, the reservoir and just fish the whole Three weeks they were there, even in the wintertime, he said. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, like, especially you going out there to fish? He said, I love it. And then chance to hunt, and every year he's here. So, yeah. Well, it's funny, like you're saying about, like, look, like looking up the looking up the, uh, the kids. Like, when Ian went to Tech, you know, back when he played in high school, he was the biggest one. 6'4", yeah. 270, you know, lineman. He goes, you know, to be the left tackle at Tech. Now he's the smallest dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. the small one at two seventy six four. Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah, it's a whole other monster. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Yep, yeah. that's the that's the adjustment. Yep. It is. Uh, we were talking about Arkansas, and somebody was had all the Texas guys giving me a hard time uh, on Earth last night. Arkansas really is just one of the most beautiful states mm-hmm. in the union, and I think it, people sleep on Arkansas. Um, you know, it has a rep and that whatever, but um, it really is the f- hunting and fishing. Yes, it, it is. It is just one of the great places to live. People, first of all, are, I had I got a haircut, and the lady was asking me what it was like to grow up in Illinois, and she assumed Chicago, like because everybody assumes I'm not from Chicago. I lived in Chicago, mm-hmm. but I grew up in central Illinois, and I said, Arkansas is just like Central Illinois. It's just really good down-to-earth people, just normal people. I said, but Arkansas is just prettier down here. It's just, it's beautiful fishing and hunting. It's just great hiking. It's just just a beautiful outdoor state. It's like whenever I moved here, I wasn't used to hills. I mean, hell, I grew up in Kansas City. It's flat. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Oh, no, you drive from Chicago to St. Louis. I mean, you the joke is from St. Louis, you can see Chicago. Oh, yeah, it's like, I mean... It's <laughs> just a question of your eyesight. It's like, I mean, when I'd go to the Kansas side of my grandparents' house, I mean, hell, if you look hard enough, you can see Colorado. Right. It's just, it's just flat. It's yeah. just, like, just a question of how high the corn is. Dry. <laughs> no, it's wheat. It's, <laughs> wheat. it's wheat there. In Illinois, it's corn. Yeah. Windmills now, Mark. It is. There's a ton of windmills. Tons of windmills. I was driving back from Peoria one night, Red, after playing cards in, uh, up in Peoria, and I drove, came over this little hill, basically crossed a river, came over this little hill, and these uh, these windmills were there. And every time I did it, it scared the shit out of me because in the middle of the night, it did, they just come out of the dark, and they're suddenly it's just like aliens are landing on your it's car. Like I've, I've never driven by one. Are they, oh. are they loud? Like, can, no. you, can you hear them like cut no. through the air no. or anything? But they're huge. Okay. Huge. Right. And you they come out of the dark and they're a little intimidating. A little daunting. <laughs> they're daunting. <laughs> hey, have you not passed one of them uh, transporting a blade on the interstate? And yeah. How long it is. It's yeah. About I, 60 feet long. Yeah. 
Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I, I guess I, since I've never seen one, and so it's three put together. Them, it's three of them on a wind. Yeah, Oof. yeah, they're they're uh, big, about thirty forty feet in Central there. Illinois. There's a bunch of them. So my okay. sister and all of them are they're a bunch of where I grew up. I don't get up there very often. So my niece got married this weekend. So um, congratulations. Yeah, pretty fired about. She was supposed to get married last June and then last October, and then she just got married in a uh, in a um, small ceremony this weekend so we didn't go up but my mom did so she got married to a young man um so andre ramsey and lauren gutshaw are now are now married so cool. well i guess i can give some news too my brother gets to come back yeah uh, this i guess is, by the time this comes out he'll already be back from houston so he's about a month ahead of schedule so he's uh he still has to be pretty cautious um, when uh, when he's up here. So it's weird. So when they scrubbed his stem cells with everything, it's like he's a brand new baby, but he's twenty five. Okay. So he has to get all his just wear diapers. <laughs> so he has to get like every like shot that you got when you're a kid, okay. like all your immunizations. He has to do that all over again. So he has to wait like six months to get his measles, his mumps, his chicken pox his, and stuff like that. Is he getting the COVID stuff? So that will be his last one that he gets. So he okay. probably still won't get that for maybe seven to eight months oh, wow. or so. So he'll he'll be pretty, he'll still have to be really cautious because his, I mean, he just doesn't have an immune system right now. Sure. Um, That's but, great news that he's yeah. coming back so quickly. Yeah, That's I mean, earlier have, than we thought. Yeah, so he, he left the first week of February, and we figured he'd be back in June, but he'll be back, uh, you know, just uh, from this time of less than a week. Um, but I guess he's lost like 40 pounds, so it's... He's, it's a rough way to lose weight. Yeah. You see, his mouth has just gotten boils and just... The, all the treatment has just fucked with the mouth. And he was like, I just, I don't want to eat anything. He, he just hurts. He Can't just... smoke enough dope for that, I imagine. <laughs> Probably not. Not, rec- not recommending not, that. Not recommend. I, I'm pretty sure you can't do that MD Anderson. Maybe. maybe uh... I'm sure. I mean, wow. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've, it's it's proof for medical treatment. I don't know. But I don't know if my brother has done that. I don't. It's one of those things. Like, to me, they're still like... 10, 11 year olds, not 28 and 25 year olds. They're 28 and 25 year olds, Aaron. Let me explain it to you. As you get older, so do the people around you. The, yeah. the very first time I went to see him go play football uh, and they won because tech was bad, like right before he got there. And then, like, their first game, they won that they weren't supposed to, won in like double overtime. And like, they're all partying and everything like that. You know, and we we go onto the field after the game to you know hug him and all that kind of stuff. And and mom was like, "What are you going to do tonight?" He was like, "Oh, there's a party over at the lineman's house." And she's like, "She's like, oh, I was like," and he's like, "You know, I won't do anything." I was like, "Mom," I was like, "He's a college football player. They just won a game they shouldn't have won." I was like, "He's a starting college football player. He'll be safe." It's like, that's all you can tell him is say, just be safe. Be safe. And I was like, just don't think about what your little boy is going to do. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, yeah, it is, it is amazing. My, my sister texted me this morning that she was feeling old because her, her, her oldest daughter uh, got married, but yeah, I, and she is old. 
I mean, I went and saw my niece, my new niece again yesterday. And nice. I was like, damn, you just like my little brother has a kid. Yeah. So, Ray, you and I are about the same age. Yes. So we can just say that we're way, you know, you you, you aspire to be as wise as Red and I are. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I think it's good. Red, would you yeah, agree? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right you want to get some final notes on the cigar before we wrap it up i'm first of all this thing is not burned hot at all and for a box press it really hasn't i was wondering if it would like get poofy or soft it is not it's beautiful yeah i mean it's it consistent we, all the way it, yeah it, so it's a i would consider this a single note cigar it's the same from beginning to end yeah um you know, these note. are these are easily two hour plus cigars i mean we're Yes. In real time, we're sitting at you know an hour forty five, but like this is easy could go two I'm plus. To, yeah, I know I'm gonna do two and a half, three, yeah. especially in the corner talking with everybody. <laughs> yeah, and that's why, and like I said, that's the reason I smoke a big rain gauge, and mm-hmm. I can put it down and you know go back to it and and. But I don't think we've had. I've had to touch up one side, but I haven't had to relight. Yeah, I anything. Heard. I mean, that's the other it, good th- thing about a big ring gauge is they tend to stay lit a lot. Easier. So much that so much air is pulling through and everything. It does stay lit pretty well. Plus they kick out a good deal of smoke. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So like you've never been in here when like, so when we record, we have to turn off every air handler. Uh-huh. It, you can tell it's getting a little hazy up in here. <laughs> but when we turn the lights on, it's going to be astounding how it's how, crazy, how foggy it is in here. <laughs> And it's putting out a lot of smoke. It does. These put out <laughs> these put out some smoke. So, all right. Well, Red, we appreciate you coming on. I'm yep. glad you all had me. Yeah. Finally. Yes. <laughs> I've been is. on you, what, a couple months about this? Oh, yes. Shit. This a year is a great idea. Yeah. And the first thing you asked, what are we going to talk about? I said, big green gauges. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and then actually, I was like, you know what? That's a really good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So you called my bluff on it. And, yes. not, and I was like, yeah, we haven't done it. We haven't done that. And what we should do, because we've been asked to do a show on pipes. So okay. if we do that, we'll just have to have you back on for okay. pipes as We'd well. We'd love to have you back on for that. Yeah. That's because a great idea. I, because honestly, I know enough to get me in trouble. I know enough to sell a little bit, but I don't know what I want to know. And okay. I mean, I know you're a pipe guy, so yeah. when, we do, awesome. when we do a pipe show, we'll okay. have to have you back on for the the expertise. Yep. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, this was long overdue. Yep. All right. Well, uh, let's see. We don't have any other shows this week. Nope. So it's, uh, I don't think so. So next week is our two year anniversary. Two years. Two fucking years of this uh, train wreck of a show. Think you can get Steve back for that. So I will say we're hoping to have Steve in town to do another show. But what we are going to do is I have the unreleased very first pilot that me and him recorded almost three years ago that I'm editing now. So I'm going to release that no matter what. So it's going to be raw and just a lot of ums <laughs> and uh. uh. So, <laughs> and uh, so it, it's, it's our very first time we ever recorded. So our first show came out May 1st of 19. And I think we recorded this show January, late, probably late January of 19. So before we did like seven or eight dry runs. But this one that I'm working on is the very first time we ever sat in front of a mic. Wow. So that you all will get to experience that. I'm even going to throw in the original intro music. It's I'm going old school and everything. Wow. So everybody will get a, everybody will get looked forward to that. So, so, but until then we will see everybody next week. Thank you. Good. Good.
later.